In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm joined by educator, author, and poet Trish Pearson. Uh, this is a great episode, man, because Trish and I are very tight. We met during my first month at, as a student at Full Sail University, and she was just an amazing person, and we've just kept a relationship almost 10 years later. Um, what I love about her is just her passion for education, and so we talked about um, her de- also developing a love for writing and poetry um, at an early age, and what that was like for her, and and like I said, her passion to educate early on. She said she knew that's what she wanted to do. Um, we talked about why she wanted to. Uh, educate creatives after starting in the public school system and why that's important why that was important to her and and why she um, was just able to uh, leave the public school system and get into the collegiate space and teach creatives uh, we end the episode talking about some of her personal projects uh, just like her uh, Book she wrote, Shift Her Narrative in 28 Days, and her being the winner of the um, 32 TV pilot contest with her script, Death by Shakespeare, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, as well as her being, a, 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 um, her poetry being published in a variety of international library of anthologies, guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed this Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, it's episode number 65. I've got a very special guest with me today, is my great friend and uh, Trish Pearson with me today. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. I am so honored to be here. Thank you for this invitation to sit down with you. I, I'm so honored. Uh, you're most welcome. You know, we go back a long, long time. You know, almost 10 years in February, it'll be 10. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that a decade has passed already. Where has the time <laughs> gone? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you were my very first month in teacher during my full cell journey. And I was so blessed to have had you be my starting, my starting point because of just the person you are. You're just a genuine person and the same passion you have for uh, education uh, you still have today. You know, you had back then, you know? Oh, well, I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm blushing. That's so, thank you so much for those kind words. Um, I knew the first day when you walked through that door that, that you were special. We had a connection and you were going places. So I'm, I'm thrilled and grateful that we were able to hold on to that connection and keep, inspire each other. So yeah. I know you talk about me inspiring you, but you inspire me. So uh, the feeling is mutual, my friend. Thank you. I mean, it's great. It is mutual. It's so great. Just a wonderful, wonderful person. And I'm just so glad to, to have a relationship with you. So that's, I'm just excited, excited. So um, 
you are an author, poet, and educator. So, um, I would like I always ask this. Normally, I ask a question. I'll talk about when we do people about the earliest memories of um, music. But I'm gonna ask this question: What was your earliest memories when you developed a love for writing and creating poetry? Oh, that that's easy. Um, I'm 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 blessed with uh, really cool spiritual parents. Okay. Uh, very bohemian, very natural, and uh, my my mother wrote poetry. My father sang Motown, and uh, when you know those sentences that you had to write in elementary school five times each, the spelling words, yeah. and the right sentences. My right. my mother taught me how to write it in poetic form. Okay. So yeah, I it it blew my my teachers didn't know what to do with it at first. They had no idea like what what is this? I used every single word and bless my mom for for giving me that itch and instilling that um that passion inside and nurturing it really like just supporting so having that supportive inspired uh comfort for both sides i feel blessed and grateful that i have that awesome awesome um Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> Interruption uh, happened. It's, it's cool. fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's great. That is absolutely awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Um, talk to you about when you decided you want to get into education and, you know, kill it. From what I from from people that I know that are in education, I know you didn't start in the college. So college, but it's it's very there's a lot of politics, man, involved in education, and it's like it's a lot similar to the music industry. From the people that I know that are in it, like it's a lot of it's 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 it would make me not want to be a teacher because of all the stuff that have to go on behind the scenes, and especially in the public school system. Yes, and yeah. that that's where I came from. So yeah. uh, to answer the first question, I, I knew that I wanted to help people. That was something innate inside me, that I needed to do something that had purpose and, and would guide and help people. So, um, you know, the first thing when you're a kid, you get that, that play school doctor kit, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna be a doctor and save lives. Well, the first time that I got a cut and sore blood mm. was my thing. And then then um, I, I'm an empath, so I feel, I feel everything. And if I see someone hurt or I see like a, a young child or an animal, it 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 kills my soul. So right, right. Um, I was like, I guess I'm not going to be a doctor or a veterinarian because I <laughs> I'm not going to be able to handle that. 
And yeah, um, that that was that's interesting because my mom grew up wanting to be a nurse, and she didn't. She can never pass her state board exams. She didn't like blood, so she ended up um, going to the construction industry. But yeah, she she had she wanted to be a nurse growing up, and then she just you know the, the blood just didn't do it for her. like you know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to, I, I can't, it's hard for me to see people in pain. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I knew that, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do that. And, um, I started, I started shifting gears and I would, you know, we would play school as mm -hmm. young kids. Like we would play school. I would always be the teacher and make dittos for all my cousins, you know, mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it, it, it was fun. So I think that it was just something innate inside me. And I decided that that's, that's the route I was going to go into. And then, you know, in high school, I had this drama teacher that took me, I was a shy kid. I hardly spoke. I was very introverted. And mm. he just inspired me to use my voice and be on stage. And mm. I had, you know, I had the parental support also. And right. um, he became my English teacher my senior year. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> mm. Mm. That's what I want to do. And boy, it was a long road. You know, I didn't grow, I grew up, uh, my family didn't have a lot of money. So I had to hustle and have yeah. a full-time job and the side jobs and save my pennies, you know, to go. But it's yeah. worth it. it. It's been worth it. And I, that's great. That's great. Yeah, you know what I mean? Educa I always say educators are, are always going to a paid who matter so much in the world, but they are paid the least. You know, you know, it's they're, they're for the impact and value that they bring to the marketplace. It's not linear, unfortunately, monetarily wise. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, teachers don't make that much money. They're what they should make, and it's like I said, it's a, a lot of politics involved. And you know, you have, you know, and it's like you have to sign contracts with schools, and you have to do a lot of things, and you have to have a lot of people. People who you think are your friends are not your friends. They don't care about you. No. And that's why I see a lot of people who 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 start as teachers. They either move into administration relatively fast, or they just they don't teach for very long because it's just not. You know, I have a friend of mine, she's in New Jersey and she teaches in, in special needs. She's in a special needs, you know, area and she just, she doesn't like the classroom anymore. She wants to like get out of the classroom, and get into more of a consultant position or go into a principal where she can make, you know, she's a single mom. She's got a couple, she's got, okay. her, she, her oldest kid is 18, but she, you know, but she just, she's just ready to get out of the classroom. She just, she can't stand it. Well, God bless her. And, you know, I made the switch uh, 10 years ago. So we've known each other for as long as I taught uh, post-secondary. Yeah. And I taught public school before then. And there is a lot of politics. There, there was a lot of autonomy being taken away. Sure. So um, I'm, I'm huge on the arts. Like, I am an advocate for the arts like 
you know, advocate for the arts. And I saw that slipping away and I, I, it was taken away from my ability to incorporate multimedia in my classroom. Mm -hmm. I felt, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but you I felt, <laughs> I felt if you can illustrate a concept that I was teaching you in English, if you can illustrate a concept using music, using movies, yeah. using games, yeah. you are showing me that you understand that concept, but that lock, I locked horns with a lot of powers that be. And yeah. um, it, it was sad. It was very sad. And now I feel like it's, it's even worse. Like yeah. the, the, the rules and regulations on, on what needs to be taught in the classroom and how yeah. it's taught and how it circles around um, end of, end of, uh, what do they call it? End of year exams. Mm. These kids are just, you know, robots. And yeah, it's, 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 it's soul a, crushing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it, it's a, for the conversation to me and my friend Leticia we have, and she like, like, man, I'm like, damn, like, it kind of sounds like a lot of the politics we do deal in the music industry, and this, this is an education. And you, so you don't think about the abstract doesn't think about those. They're like, you, oh, you'll be a teacher. They don't understand like what well, goes into being a teacher, and it's not, it's not as pretty as people think it is, and it's not as exciting as people think it is. The, the politics behind it. And how much ass you have to kiss <laughs> to do to, to you know to to do what you feel you were called to do, and it's just there's people that get in the way of that and yeah. may not like you, and you may have to you may have to you know you, you don't have as many friends as you think you do. People who are smiling in your face are really going to the other room and talking shit and saying all these bad things about you, and it's like. Oh you know, why am I doing this? And so it's like, you know, people just kind of get out. They, they like, they don't stay in the classroom for either. They they get out into administration or they just get out and leave the industry, leave the, leave the, leave the industry just all in general. Like it's not worth it for them. And then the pay doesn't, the pay doesn't make it worth it. No. And it, it it's really hard because, uh, you know, if you have, good rapport with your students and you're making a difference and making connection, mm -hmm. you would think that would be what they want, right? They want yeah. you to have relationships. They want you to build relationships and have, have this uh, mentor-student relationship where you're guiding them to move on to do amazing things. Mm -hmm. But then there's that jealousy aspect mm -hmm. and as soon as someone gets a whiff whiff of well i'm not finding the same results i don't have that relationship with my students then it they become your enemy but Actually. again you know they'll smile in your face they'll ask you for your lesson plans they'll you know they'll take and take and take and take yeah. but when push comes to shove you're thrown under the bus. Absolutely. And I see that often. I see that happening way, like, a lot, you know. And I know even in the state of Florida, like, 
what's the, what's the starting what, what was what's the starting salary? A friend of mine told me this year, was like I think like forty two thousand bucks a year, something like it. Well, it's not that much. It's like uh, it, it's not that much. Uh, the last time I think when I I left, I left in two thousand twelve. So hopefully yeah. it it uh, increased. But when I left in two thousand twelve, it was thirty eight. <laughs> Thousand. They want all you have to do. Like you can literally go to them and get thirty thousand off the street without any sort of education. But anything you can make that already just without having to deal with the headaches of becoming a teacher. That's really thirty eight thousand dollars for what you have to do. It's not that much. No, yeah. and then you have to get higher education, right? To yeah, be a teacher, yeah. you have to. Yeah. You have to have a master's. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least you have to have a master's. Yeah. So you're going for higher education that, let's face it, does not, it's not cheap. No, no, no. It's not cheap. And then you're you're paying this back. Um, yeah. Yeah. So without getting into all those politics, right. I graduated undergrad, my undergrad, I graduated in 2002. It is 2022. Right. And I'm still paying student loans. Yeah. So there, there's, there might be an issue with that. You know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe there's something wrong with that. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's like you have to do a lot of things. If you, I think people are, and especially we talked about this in the last time we had a conversation. Does college mean the same thing that it used to mean? Does a degree mean what it used to mean? Mm -hmm. And you can argue the point that it might not mean what it used to mean. Because in today's generation, especially in the generation of technology, these young kids who understand tech, who understand social media, like, do they really need to go to school to get a degree, but they're already doing what they want to do. You understand know what I'm saying? So it's it's a, it's a different conversation. And when you, when you talk about people of color, that's another different conversation because, because now you're telling them, do they have to go to school to be successful? I'm just not a believer. I just don't think you need to go to college. They've been saying this for years to go to go to 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 be, you know, I just don't think that that's the answer for everybody because people are people who have gone to school have all this debt and they're still not they're not even doing what they went to school for. Exactly. Yeah. And it it isn't for everybody. I'm I'm a hundred percent in in agreement with, with you. It isn't for everybody. But there's a there's kind of a duality when it comes to a real world experience opposed mm. to a college experience. Right. I, in, in some aspects, and this is just my observation as an educator and as teaching both public school and uh, post-secondary. Yeah. What's missing is the, is the process. Right. So when you go from zero to 60, and and all of a sudden you have all these followers and life is good. Right. If you don't understand the process and the foundations and the mechanics that go into that, right. That there isn't longevity in in that success. 
and that that's just how I how I feel because there is a piece missing there's a a piece of the process you don't just wake up and and be uh, a multi-billionaire yes has that occurred yes it has occurred and but does it occur yeah. for everybody no <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. that's true it's true. Some people are born into wealth, you know. Yes. They come from very wealthy families and they're born into wealth. They, you know, it's something you can't help. Either you're born into it or, you know, or you get it out the mud like people people have, you know. Uh, so, yeah. But but everything's a process. Everything takes time. Everything takes time. Everything takes time. And I think that's lost sometimes if, if you don't educate yourself in some aspect i'm not saying that you have to go for a four-year degree to do that but yeah. you i i feel like that that piece is missing yeah. it, you know it it's just understanding that it you know uh for example a pixar movie does not appear like it doesn't appear yeah. overnight it takes yeah. almost seven years to make those for animation to happen. Yeah. And yeah. I sometimes, you know, the general public will look at the screen and be like, oh yeah, this is beautiful and enjoy yeah. it, but not know that it took seven years <laughs> to create that. Right. And, and and we and we both know that because of our time and experience at full sale, we know what that really goes into. Again, people don't people think, you know these projects are just something to disappear. Like people dedicate their whole life to making these, making these animations. Shout out to our, my buddy, Jack Geckler, who, uh, who is a full set hall of famer and is, is a computer animation guy has worked on so many amazing projects and, and, you know, and, and yeah, it, it's, it's a real thing, you know, you know, working in the creative space, thankfully a place like full cell exists. You know, people who want to make a have a creative um, career because that was not most people are born with parents that are very practical. They don't really think about, oh yeah, you want to go make video games for a living or make computer and no, go be a doctor, go be a lawyer, go be whatever. So you not most parents are not going to pursue their children into a creative space unless maybe they're creative. You know, or exactly. and, and so they kind of understand that world. So thankful that places like Full Sail University, it exists, and you know the and you know John Phelps and those guys created this this great great place that we love, and obviously the LA Film School, you know, and all those things that that matter for for people who want to make a career in 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 the arts and technology. And media and 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 when I and I feel like when I'm mentoring young people, I tell them all the time, it's not going to be easy because when you get out of either at LA Film School or Full Sail, you're now competing with everybody that didn't go the path you went the path on, and still want to achieve the goals you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think Full Sail does a great job of of insulating um, us as students. And, and the professors, the same thing, like, you you know, but I said, it's hard out there. It's really, really, you know, I'm very transparent when I mentor young people when they find out. And I tell them, I tell them to straight up, because, like, look, I'm, I went to Folsom. I don't have to be politically correct with you. I can tell you the honest truth of how it really, you know, how it's going to be when you get out here. And it's tough. And it's, 
You know, it, it really you're not gonna have you're gonna have tough times, and even the Hall of Famers at Full Sail who have had success still have tough tough times. You know, my, my buddy Troy Troy Devole talks about that all the time. Yeah. Who who've been successful, and he's trying to figure out like, you know, what's the next? You know, and it, it's tough, and he's been a guy that's been very 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 successful. If you really think about it, but to have mm -hmm. to pivot and change things and as you get older the industry changes are you changing with the industry yeah, there's a lot of things that come into play it's it's an ever-changing climate it's yeah. an ever-changing climate and you have to make the you have to make the choice or are you gonna stay stagnant and comfortable and where you thought everything is cool or are you going to choose to move and grow with it absolutely and that's that's where longevity comes into that's why these these bands or musicians artists uh filmmakers that's why they have so much time under their belt because they're discovering and rediscovering themselves absolutely. so you know again we, we talk about the process and we talked about that very gently in the first month class, personal branding, because yeah. my class is not personal branding, but it's a process. Yeah. Discovery, create, yeah. communicate, and maintain. Yeah. And maintenance being like the underlining, like that's what you need to do. You can't just create the hottest beat that this world has ever seen before. Yeah. And then just rest on your laurels and get yeah. people to come to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what I teach artists. You know, I teach them how to build a foundation. You know, I created this framework called the Genesis of Superfan Building. And if you break that down, the Genesis means the beginning. So the process takes a while, but I tell artists like the client I just had before we jumped on this podcast recording, you know, I said, well, I want to teach you how to build a core and what that looks like and the process of what that looks like. And it's not just get on Facebook, get on Instagram, run a bunch of ads and think you're going to have a fit. It doesn't work like that. You have to build the foundation. It's going to take time. And, and this industry is a slow burn. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, when you look at guys like like Leslie Brathwaite, who that's my guy, I love Leslie. And wow, he's, he's got, a great human. <laughs> gotta get him on this podcast. I've been trying to get him on the pod, but it's gonna happen eventually. <laughs> but you know, he just you know, time of this recording, he just won some more Grammy. He just got some more Grammy noms for, for Jack Harlow and you know, he's he's been in the game thirty years. But it was a it's a different time now. He he's put enough work where he does where the work comes to him. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to worry about putting like marketing and branding himself. He's done enough work where he he gets he just gets the calls. So he doesn't have to worry about what somebody who's new starting up. But at the same time, he didn't have social media when he started in the early nineties. Different mm -hmm. time. It was a different time. You know, he tells a story all the time about how he went to the Dallas Austin studio. And one of the things that made him memorable was he decided to clean the storage closet because nobody wanted to clean it. And he was like, oh, man, like, that storage closet, who cleaned it? Oh, Leslie cleaned it? And that, would be, that was kind of like his calling card early on. Like, he was willing to do something that had nothing to do with why he was there, but he wanted to make himself memorable. 
enough for people to keep themselves around. And I tell people all the time, if you if you do something that is viable to somebody else, they'll find a way to keep you around. And that is the secret sauce right there. Yeah. That is the secret sauce. It's all about what what you want to gift whether in whatever environment you are what do you want to gift and how are you going to illustrate that gift to the people that are around you and build the relationships that last so making an impression and being that problem solver like he saw that yeah. closet and said no, 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 this can't be. So I'm yeah. going to take the initiative and and organize this. Yeah. And the people that surrounded him said, that's who I want to work with because that guy saw a, a, a closet in disarray and took action. Yeah. So it's all about, you could talk all you want. You could post memorable uh, inspirational quotes all you want if you don't walk the walk yeah. then what do you have exactly no that's very true that is very very true man so always love leslie man and, and let to get him on this podcast um yeah i want to end the episode talking about some of your personal projects so you just um you just recently won the 32 tv pilot contest yeah. I'm saying that right with a script called yeah. Death Death by Shakespeare, right? So Absolutely. Yeah, so so tell me tell me tell me about that. Like how how tell me about that whole process. Okay. Um well, I uh one thing about being a full sale um educator is that uh about I would say maybe 7 years ago the um, put out a scholarship program for educators to go for uh, a degree. Uh, you had to sign a contract for three years mm -hmm. after you pursued the degree. And I'm just like, so you're allowing me to pursue a passion degree and job security by signing a contract to continue to teach? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, I, I already had a master's degree in education, but I've always wanted to go for creative writing. And this was uh, uh, MFA in creative writing. Never, never wrote a script in my life. Never. This was a brand new animal for me. Mm -hmm. And it pushed me. It pushed me outside of my limits. Um, it pushed me to tell stories in a completely different way. And when I graduated, geez, it was it, it was a crazy year because my classes were huge. I had 90 plus uh, students month after month, and then I had my own classes. Okay. And um, so graduating and stepping outside of being in the mix, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to bring this to light and start creating these worlds that I was in for a while. And um, 
my writing partner lives in LA and I pitched the idea to him. Um, and we started, we started brainstorming and start like just absolutely love the characters that I created and the story. And for about, I would say the last five and a half years, mainly in the COVID era, because the COVID gave us so much time to, you know, so much extra time to spend. Um, we knocked it out and we, um, the COVID years, we really uh, honed on into the characters and the story and created like this entire world, rewrote the TV Bible, rewrote the, um, the TV pilot. And this, this competition was the last competition that I entered. And I contemplated whether or not I was going to do it because, you know, all the competitions have the entry fee. And mm. I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if I could do this, but I went ahead and did it. I was like, I surrender. I'm letting it out to the world. And I just let it go. I didn't tell my writing partner. He did not find out until we were quarter finalists in the competition. And he's like, wait, what, what, what just happened? Right. And, um, I found out on my birthday that we were finalists in the competition. And the coolest thing, just side story, is that the beach that I went to was the same beach a year before on my birthday. And I just meditated. And I said, this is the year I'm building. I'm letting it go. I, I'm, I'm building and surrendering to whatever is going to come. And look what happened. Awesome. And, yes. you, and it's great, man. That, that's an awesome experience. And I'm just so glad that you were able to follow something you, you were passionate about. And it worked out. And hopefully, you know, and hopefully gets even better and it gets picked up and it becomes a series. And, you know, that's wouldn't, life. Wouldn't that be amazing? And that's wouldn't life changing. That would be amazing. You're probably, <laughs> now you can think about, hey, I don't have to teach anymore. <laughs> you, that, know? Uh, you still might teach anyway, because you're passionate. Uh, it's you know? in my heart, it's in my blood. And, <laughs> Like one of the things, and it called me crazy, but one of the things I'm thinking about in my head, I'm like, how cool is this to bring back to my class? Yeah. Like how cool is it to actually experience this with my students? Right. And um, the, the crazy thing, right before I left for LA, I had the last, the last session in um, that month's course and mm -hmm. I let them know I was like I'm going to LA and they're flying me out there I'm going to meet all these judges and industry professionals and one of my outspoken students is like I told you guys I told you she's legit she is so legit everything that she <laughs> says she's going to do that so. is, and stay very right you've been legit since day one I know that you know, I've I've always known that, <laughs> but it's just great to um 
to, to, to show, because that's what Phil Sell's about. That's what like it is that this instructor still actively do this. And that's one thing that makes Phil so interesting is that they're not just teaching from theory. They're doing, they're still actually doing what they actually say they're doing. And it makes it legit. That's what makes it legit. Because you're just, you know, a lot of, a lot of college professors are, have been about out the game a long time. They just teach and they're just educators, but they're not out in the field doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of isolated in that classroom and keep it moving. Um, pause for a second. Hey guys, we're back. Um, and so like I said, we're just having a great conversation with my great friend, Trish Pearson. And, and we were just talking about her recently winning uh, the, the, the pilot contest and, uh, but she's also a published poet and has her, po- has her, po- has her poem published in a variety of international library of poets anthologies. So tell me, tell me what, what, is a, what is a poet, what is an anthology for people who don't know? Uh, an anthology is just a bunch of, of poets, a bunch of creatives. It's a, it's a collection of poetry from all over the world. So um, it, it was really cool to be a part of that. Uh, that was many moons ago. Okay. Um, I still I still do write poetry. Uh, I have journals all over my house. It It's organized, I swear. It's organized <laughs> um, because I'm OCD when it comes to being cleanliness and organized, but I do have tons and tons of notebooks all over the place. But um, what I'm really proud of, and we were talking about how things are slow rolling, uh, there's a slow burn, but it's re- it's our passion that makes us move forward. So Absolutely. I recently uh, published a journal called um, Shift Your Narrative in 28 Days. And I published that at the end of July. Um, And it is really my philosophy on reflection and the power that we have as individuals. Right. And discovering that power inside through reflection. Um, I'm very proud of it. I... uh, and I have created a community on Facebook. It's called the Narrative Shifter. So um, that's the narrativeshifter.com. You could find it on Facebook. Uh, and it's a community of people that just want to share those stories and uh, understand that the power is already yours. You just have to discover it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and so, you know, before we get out of here, you know, how can people connect to you? How can they, you know, uh, connect with you online? And what's the best way they, to reach out to you if they, they're interested in anything you have going on? Um, I'm really active on IG. So, uh, you know, on Trish Pearson at, on IG, you can find me. Um, it's me. It's me with my plants because I love <laughs> I love uh, spending time with my plants in life as well. So right. you, you'll see my face and my plants, um, and that's me. Uh, I'm all about just uh, inspiring, motivating, encouraging, guiding, 
uh, mentoring. And so. that and that's why you're just a great to have as a guest on my podcast, the yeah. Encouraging Inspire podcast. So, guys, with that being said, this has been your host and uh, Darrell Peart. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. Oh, thank you. Thank you.